and welcome. I'm Rich, and this is Misfits, Wanderers, and the rest of us. Glad to have you along. This is for those of us who felt like we didn't exactly fit in with the world we were brought into. That feel like they have had a disconnect from their authentic selves in order to survive and assimilate. Who are desperate for something different. We focus on our basic needs. Food, clothing, shelter, but we often don't acknowledge our other needs. And they are clearly needs to be seen, to be heard, to connect, and to belong. When those needs are not met, we do what we know how in order to dull the pain. The mission here is to provide a space where people can have these needs met in a safe environment, surrounded by others finding their way who are willing to support and be supported along this collective journey. When we connect to our authentic selves, we can heal. We can live and lead from a place of love rather than from pain or from fear. The ripple effects from more and more people freeing themselves from the chains of trauma and fear and living in love through their authenticity will change literally anything you can think of. One step at a time, of course, right? So let's explore, shall we? Hey there, and welcome back to my fellow Proud Misfits, if you're returning. And if it's your first time, thank you for stopping by. This is Misfits, Wanderers, and the rest of us, and I am your host, Rich Levesque. On this episode, we're going to talk to Kyler Borthwick. Kyler is the host of Breaking the Limit, and it can be found on Podbean, Google, and Spotify. The links are in the show notes. We chatted the day after the great Facebook Instagram outage of 2021. We used that as a starting point of our conversation. We talked about what it affected and how it might shift our behavior, what we could learn from it in the week that's followed. It seems like the answer is probably nothing, but there's a lot there that we can learn to imagine what life would be like without the big social media bears. What could we turn it into? What possibilities are there? Ultimately, we're tribal beings and we need connection. We need healthy connection and we settle for the toxic stuff because we'll take what we can get. But ultimately, if that disappeared, we'd find a way to reconnect. It's just what we do as humans. So we also talked about that, how we get so much of our human interaction through the internet and how that's evolved to how we literally depend on strangers from the internet for some of our vital services these days. I mean, think of Uber and Lyft, or for example. How often were we told as kids, never get into a car with a stranger and... Now we're throwing money at an app to get in cars with strangers in order to get from point A to point B. We rift off of that, the nature of how those work, the gig contractor route. While there's certainly problems 
with the system, it also does create opportunities and it opens up our eyes to see what other entrepreneurial possibilities we may have. So in some cases, it does start the ball rolling. Ultimately, regardless of whether you choose the entrepreneurial route or you found a nine to five that rocks your world, we're selling our time. And we talk about how it seems like people are starting to see that and are starting to shift accordingly. And it's not necessarily what the media wants you to think it is. What's happening is mindsets are changing and it's a bigger picture thing that's really worth thinking about. We get into a lot of great stuff, so I can't wait for you to hear it. And with that, here's Kyla. I noticed yesterday when we couldn't access it, you know, Facebook, Instagram, there was parts of me that were like, well, I can't access the places where I actually know people. But it also was like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, if it never came back on, I would trust that the people that really wanted to find me would just find me somewhere else. And otherwise, it could have just burned. Yeah. I totally, I had such a productive day yesterday because social media was down. It was like, I recorded a whole other episode for my podcast. I edited it and everything. Like I, uh, I find myself like, it's such a good distraction to just pick up my phone and mindlessly scroll. Right. So mm. yesterday when I wasn't able to do that, it was funny because I didn't even think that it was a Facebook issue. I'm like, Oh, my, something's wrong with my phone. Like something's wrong with my internet. Like what's going on. And I like restarted my phone. I restarted my internet. And then I'm like, wait, I'm going to Google and see like what the actual issue is. And sure enough, Google was like, oh, Facebook, Instagram, you know, it's all down. So I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, I would have totally been fine had it not come back up. I mean, eventually, obviously I probably would have missed it, but it's amazing how many people I was like, oh, I'd like to message this person, but I don't have their phone number or whatever. Right. So I can't message them. I can only message them on Instagram or Facebook. So um, yeah, it was definitely interesting, but it, uh, it was good to not, to not have social media yesterday. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. When it first started to happen, I would, was like, all right, you know, something's wrong with my internet. It likes to go out pretty regularly during the day. And a lot of it, you know, in the house, everything is pretty good. But our provider, well, we're like the one space in an entire area that is an entirely different company. So okay. there's a whole backstory to that. That's irrelevant and boring, but what it means is when it gets wonky, there's really not a whole lot of effort to rush out and get things fixed. So if it goes so I was just like, all right, well, I guess it's being wonky again. And then I went and did a couple of things, was able to jump on. I had a call at 12 for, uh, I am doing, I'm a mentor for a writing course that is going on in the next few weeks. So I jumped on a call for that and I came back off and then I noticed that Ooh, things are still are kind of wonky, but wait, I was just on the zoom call for an hour. So obviously it's not my internet. And I went and I checked and it had you know, 
I think I ended up jumping on Twitter to look and which is funny because I used to have a really big Twitter feed. And then right when I was in a spiral a few years back, I'm just like, I'm done with this. I, I let it go. So I have like a smaller one that nobody knows about. And I just kind of use it to just check on things like that. <laughs> and, you know, all I talked about was everything was down and it was like this weird thing. And like, well, they, they might've possibly lost everything. And I just kind of, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, there were a couple of people that ended up um, messaging me through other apps and, you know, ended up getting a couple of more phone numbers and things like that, which is something I've been kind of working on gradually building up and trying to build up so I can create a space that isn't dependent on one platform. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, if you read through the tea leaves, at some point we're going to have Yeah, at some point, what's going to eventually happen is the whole thing is either it's going to go or like everything else. I mean, you know, there are people 10 years ago, 12 years ago that thought, oh, MySpace is forever. Yeah. Yeah. And well, no, MySpace is not forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of people learned some lessons yesterday with having it down like people that run their businesses and stuff all on on those platforms and stuff too right so um yeah that's uh i mean there was definitely panic when i thought i i did think that for a second i was like man what if facebook what if it doesn't come back what if that's it like you know we didn't even it's like we didn't even get to say goodbye it just just peaced out <laughs> right <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you never know, right. There could be that time where it just doesn't come back. It's gone forever. <laughs> yeah. And it's really interesting to think of that. And also it's interesting to think of, I mean, this, <clears throat> there's a lot of good and a lot of opportunity that does come from having a presence on a space like Facebook or Instagram, because it opens me up to people all over the world that connect to what I want to put out there. People whose messages I want to connect to. And for a lot of us, Otherwise, it can feel like a really lonely experience if you're around a lot of people locally and physically that may not necessarily get where you're going. So there's that access, which is really beautiful, really powerful that you're really not going to get in many other ways. But Mm -hmm. in order to get that, you're giving up a whole hell of a lot of control. You're giving up you know, but, you know, you say the wrong thing in the wrong day and the wrong algorithm, you know, just read something wrong. And all of a sudden, you know, you're in the hole for 30 days or, 
you know, every so often, if something doesn't hit the right five people right away, it might get buried. If, mm-hmm. you know, I put something out there, like if I am putting out a podcast or an article I wrote in Elephant or somewhere, and, you know, like my first few, because it's like Eddie that I sat with in the back of the bus in eighth grade and talked about basketball and girls who is a great <laughs> guy, but really honestly doesn't care about what I'm putting out there because it's just not his jam. And you're hitting like three or four of them and they just scroll by as they should, because it's not for them. And then all of a sudden the algorithms start thinking, okay, well, this must be crap that, you know, Eddie and Billy and Sabrina are like, Meh. so it goes next thing, you know, it's just, buried and like the three people who have you as favorites might go and like it in the course of their day but then it just kind of mm-hmm. goes in the graveyard which is which is frustrating i liked it better when things you know would go back and would go in order like they used to yeah way back in the day yeah <laughs> yeah it's definitely frustrating because there's sometimes where you're like a post you make and you think it doesn't really you know, it's nothing crazy, but then it gets all these likes or whatever. And there's one that you're like, I'm putting this out. It's going to be great. I'm going to get so much likes and so many comments on it. And then it doesn't really get anything. And you're just like, I'm so confused. Like it just, just doesn't seem to make sense. And then it's really hard to like add links and stuff in too, right? As soon as you add a link, it's like, that's, that's it. No one's going to see it. (laughs) Right. And it's so hard when you have things that you're offering. And so your options are, yeah, you know, there's a couple of ways around it. You you can you know, DM a whole bunch of people, but you got to be careful of that too, because there's been times where I've started something and I DM'd a bunch of people and next thing you know, I couldn't send a DM for a week. But, or the other option is to just, you know, find people that resonate and have liked your stuff and then tag them in everything and just hope that they don't get annoyed by it. Yeah. Yeah. Tagging people in things too. Like that's something that I try to stay away from. Cause I'm like, the story I tell myself is like, I'm just going to annoy them. They're going to, they're not going to want anything to do with me or whatever. Um, even people that I'm like friends with or, you know, close with, I'm like, Nope, I can't tag them. Cause I'll, that'll annoy them. <laughs> yeah. And when I do, I try to, I try to do it when it's really important to me that it gets going. So I really try to conserve my bullets on that. And I also try to remember who I might've tagged in one thing and then tag other people for the next thing. Unless somebody comes up to me and yeah, there are people that be like, Hey, tag me in all your, you know, when you do stuff, tag me because I want to see it. And you know, those people I will, because they've already told me that. And with others, I try to, I try to save it for special occasions, you know, kind of like the fine China or in the, you know, in the cabinet, you break it out for yeah. Thanksgiving <laughs> and Christmas. You don't break it out for, you know, Wednesday evening know. when you got burgers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's interesting to see what it, you know, you were mentioning, be interesting to see now that, you know, people have had that experience and 
do people just kind of snap back to normal or are they open to seeing other opportunities that they have more control over and are, and the bigger important question is are those that consume the content, are they going to be more willing to follow somebody either on another platform or one that they created on their own? Or are they just going to stay in their habit? Mm. And that's going to be fascinating for myself to explore. Um, <laughs> realizing that, you know, maybe that's something that I need to do. And if it means starting from scratch in a lot of ways, maybe it's worth it. I'm still yeah. processing it, of course, but. <clears throat> yeah, it's like, I don't know. It was almost like going through like withdrawal of like a drug yesterday, right? Like not having Facebook and, and Instagram. And as much as I like enjoyed it and I was like, oh, I'm, I've been so productive. As soon as it was back, what was I doing? I was sitting here scrolling, right? Even though when it wasn't working, I was like, oh, this is great. I could get used to this. Like, I'd be fine if it didn't come back. But then as soon as it's back, you're like, I, I was just, I was just scrolling. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it should be interesting. I downloaded a app blocker to try to like block Facebook and Instagram so that when I pick it up and I try to open the app, um, it won't let me unless I turn it off, which again, that comes back to a lot of self-control too. Cause I'm like, yeah. well, I'm just going to go turn it off now so I can scroll. But um, yeah. So had that not happened yesterday, I probably wouldn't have downloaded that app to, the, to block Facebook and Instagram. So that's interesting, but yeah, it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I like, I feel like most people are probably just going to go right back to how it was before. Right. But who knows? True. I mean, it's like other things. We we fight for our normal. We fight for what's familiar. Yeah. What's familiar. It may not be good for us. It may nope. in the long term damage us. But familiarity is safety, yep. even if it's not mm -hmm. good for us. So yeah. even if it like limits us or whatever, like it, we're still, we're fighting for those limitations. Right. So, yeah. And we're gonna, you know, hang on to that, that place to scroll when we can't deal with, you know, we can't deal with life or there's something that is up ahead of us that is maybe uncomfortable or we just don't want to deal with it or we don't want to deal with the screaming kids or we don't want to deal with going to the grocery store. All right. We can just mm -hmm. scroll on here. And there's yeah. also that dopamine piece. There's that sense of belonging, you know, whether it is true or not is irrelevant. And I think it's also an important part of how it got so easy to divide. I mean, there's been, you know, that magic's been in the air for at least 30 years that I can tell you about. It's just easier to tap into. Mm -hmm. 
the algorithms start, you know, picking up on what things that you like and what you're interested in. It doesn't care if things are actually true or not. And as you follow those things, you start connecting with like minds and Mm -hmm. when that happens, there's that feeling of they get me. And especially if they can tap into your fears, they own you. Look what happens, what's happened the last 10 years or so in the political landscape in the States and other countries have you know, found similar mm-hmm. pieces to it. There's a yeah. power in believing you're being seen and it can be incredibly powerful and it can, if it's in a healthy way, it can really start the ball rolling in changing your life in the positive. If it's in a negative, if it's in a darker context, it can really change your life the other way and send you down some really dark holes. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like thinking back, like I got Facebook when I was like 17, I guess, 17 or 18 anyways. So I was at this like weird point where like there was no social media. And then I was like 17, 18 when social media came around. So it's kind of interesting to like look back and think about like, how did I really make like friends and stuff before social media? Right. Like it's, uh, it's interesting, even people that grew up, know, like people that are, you know, growing up now with, they've never, they don't know what it's like to not have, have a, like have a social media platform and stuff. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's interesting to look back and, and just see how much it, like it really changed and what it would have been like had it not, um, had it not come around. Um, I don't know if that would have been, I don't know if that would have been positive or negative for me, to be honest, Um, because as much as like social media is great for like, you know, building community and finding people that are like you and everything. um, I mean, making connections in real person in connection, like in-person connections are, are important too. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's. In my experience it's been powerful to be able to connect with people online that get it, but that physical presence is still, is still a need that a need to have somebody with you to have those conversations in person to get, you know, for a lot of people, they need, physical touch they need hugs or a tap on the shoulder or you know those you know it's you know it varies in how some are very particular and where they get it from but that doesn't mean it's not still a need and that's the one thing that the online stuff hasn't been able to figure out but there's been a few instances where you know, we've gotten to travel and 
make physical connections with people we've met online. Yeah. And it's been some of the most <laughs> profound experiences of my life. Yeah. I, that's so true. And it's funny because I can remember as a kid being on like MSN or any of those other um, like chats back in the day. Right. And it was always like, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Like don't, don't go meet people that you met on the internet. And now what do we do all the time? <laughs> we go, we go meet people we met on the internet. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> don't get in a car with strangers. <coughs> yeah, Uber. Uber. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's all changed, right? <laughs> yeah. Everything has changed. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's brought some darkness to it but it's also brought so much good and in, yeah. you know, situations like, you know, having Lyft and Uber, it's been important to have those services for people who, you know, they need to get to work and they don't have a car or they've been out and they, you know, they don't want to have to worry about whether they have too much to drink. They just can just have a good time and know they're going to get home in one pace. And there's yeah. so many of those, but then on the other side, there's some other elements to it where once in a blue moon, you get some weirdo that's driving and gets away with it. Or mm -hmm. sometimes drivers will avoid certain areas. And yeah. This, stories with that too or the walk up to somebody and be like yeah nope i ain't taking you mm. um, certain times that makes sense for safety but other times there's other crap going on too and i can say that because i used to do that I was a driver for a couple of years oh, yeah. so and it was a fun experience, yeah. but you learn a lot about, you learn a lot about humanity mm. yeah. that you're not necessarily going to get in your immediate circles. And I'm really grateful that I got a lot of the lessons that I did. Mm. Interesting. I considered doing Uber, but, uh, I, I didn't end up, uh, going through with it, but I imagine it could be quite interesting picking up, you know, I don't know, picking up a lot of drunk people or just so many different people from like different walks of life, right. And to have different experiences and different lives and stuff. So it'd be super interesting, but I can see how it would also be um, maybe a little frightening or um, I don't know, anxiety. <laughs> yeah, Housing. it can be. And for the most part, like 99.9% .9 of the time, things were fine. Mm. I, there were no issues. Even the drunk people, they were very rarely a problem. Mm. Probably more entertaining than anything. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but what was cool was what, you know, when they've, they're loosened up and they'll, 
and often you'll get who they actually are and they'll mm-hmm. talk to you about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is real. That, that part's really fun. And, you know, people always ask, well, does somebody throw up in your car and do all this? Yeah, like, that would that's, be concerning too. That, that happened? I've probably done about two or 3,000 rides and I think it only happened once. Hmm. And I, yeah, they, you, it's one of those things you, if you read the fine details, you don't want to be that person because, you know, it's driving, all you do is you snap a picture and you send it into them and they'll, they'll just whack whoever was responsible for the paying for the ride. They're just going to mm. whack you. They'll whack you. I think it's like 150 bucks. Oh, damn. So there's a real, there's a, there's a you know, real reason to not do that. And people are aware yeah. of it. So they're not as stupid. Or if somebody's really gone, they'll, wait it out a couple hours and let them get it out of the system and then make the call. So people are smarter in general with that. And if somebody is like, is belligerent and screaming, a lot of times those people make themselves known right away. They'll, in my experience, they might call me ahead of time and be like, you know, screaming at you, what's taking you so long and start cursing you with every name on the sun. You're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to cancel this ride. Boop. <laughs> and then I'll go in another area. Or, but other than that, like people are rarely, people are generally happy to see you because you're bringing them home. Yeah. You're on their, yeah. you're on their team. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. But the downside of it too, there is a downside and, you know, there's a lot, and it's not even so much with with people, although I could tell the stories I could tell for another time. Very, very few, though. Again, it's like 99% of the time, people are fine. But what does rack up is, especially nowadays, you know, the fuel costs are higher, probably twice as much mm-hmm. as when I was driving. So mm-hmm. that cuts into it. The wear and tear on the car is because you rack up a ton of miles. Like I would, yeah, I I could easily rack when I was doing it. I could easily rack up a thousand miles over a weekend. Mm, yeah, so that's yeah, that'd be hard. Yeah, those are the things that get you, and you're not covered. You're on your own when you have to replace things on the car. So those are the things that tend to be an issue but on the bright side of that too at least here in the states a lot of those things you can claim and you can at least get some of you can get some of that back when you do your taxes okay so you also have that going for you too yeah doesn't it make your uh, car insurance higher as well too or do you just not tell them (laughs) If they if they're aware of it, yeah, it'll yeah. sky it will skyrocket your insurance. Yeah, yeah. But again, something else you can 
shift around a little bit and you know, most things you can make work mm. if, but a lot of times you have to go and learn how to make it work for you. And you have to seek out and go find the information. They're not like, Hey, look, you can do this. Oh, and did you know that this was actually perfectly legal, even though it doesn't feel like it would be? Yeah, you can do that. (laughs) But that's certainly one of the interesting things. I think where it does help too is having things like uber and lyft and for you know that's good bad to it but it starts to open up the possibilities to you that because you're technically a contractor you don't they give you the business but you technically don't work for them there there's certain states that are trying to change that and you know they haven't gotten a whole lot of results so far but it you know that might change down the road but what it does too is it starts to open, if you're open to it, the mindset that, hey, I can create my own income. I can create my own business. And I can do so in ways where I'm not as dependent on an employer for my income. Mm -hmm. And you start seeing possibilities of other things you can do to make that impactful income for yourself that really connect to who you are and what you're about and Mm -hmm. what you love. Interesting. Interesting. And I think you're seeing a lot of that going on here. People are starting to see, hey, I can create A, B, and C, and I can make this work. I don't have to go and get screamed at for 925 when I can go and create other things. And I think you're starting to see that kind of shift happening in the, in the world. And it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. Yeah. It's a lot of about the, like the freedom too, right. To be able to work whenever you want and not have to be stuck to like a nine to five schedule. You can just be like, Oh, okay. I feel like driving for Uber now. And then you can just go do it. And then you're like, okay, I'm done. And you can just, start and finish whenever you really want, whenever it's convenient for you too, right? Which is something that like I've gotten used to in the past six months, not like not working, just having that freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want and not being stuck to like a a nine to five schedule. And now that I'm looking for a job and thinking of going back to work, that absolutely, it like, it terrifies me. Like I don't, it just makes, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go back to like a nine to five, you know, it's uh you don't realize how much freedom gets taken away from you when you're working like a nine to five job. So it also shows you what an important asset your time is. Mm -hmm. And 
you start to reconsider what you're willing to take to give up that piece. Yeah. Because that's essentially one of the things that I've learned over the last year is even people that do work in nine to five and the ones that are happy in their nine to five, you know, people, there's, there's something out there for everybody. And if people are happy with what they have, hell yeah. I'm, I'm not here to tell you to change whatever. I'm here to tell you to do you whatever that is. But even in that element, you're essentially selling your time to a company or a government or another entity and they're determining what they believe is the value for your time, Mm. which is something to consider when you're offering up your time. And I think people are starting that. It's another piece that people are starting to see. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. I, I believe that. Like, I don't think that we, we weren't put here to, to work like 40 hours a week, you know, for like uh, whatever the amount of money may be good or bad, I guess. But like we weren't, we weren't put on this earth to, to spend eight to 12 hours a day at some, some job, you know, um, that's not, that's not what life is, is about or what I believe it's about. So, um, that's a real struggle for me. (laughs) Yeah. It's very, it's one of those things that your heart and your, well, yeah, the, or the, or wherever in your body, those really deep decisions are made that we tend to ignore because we're taught to use our minds, which are not made to make decisions, but that's another tangent for another day. But, but what happens is in our minds, we're told because that's what our parents did. That's what our grandparents did. Mm-hmm. You know, probably you can go back to the great grandparents. You go back to, you know, the fifties and usually it was, you know, the dad went and, Worked at wherever, eight to 10 hours a day, came back, mom was there for the kids. And that whole dynamic is, it's essentially gone and not coming back. Mm. And, but yet the mindset is still there that everybody has to go and hustle and scrape and fight to barely make all your bills and it's hard for people to understand because it's what you know. I mean, people argue with me all the time, and it makes sense. We have our experience. We live what we know. We don't know any different. And if somebody tries to tell you, hey, there's another possibility out there, it might as well be like, hey, there's aliens right over here on this other planet. (laughs) 
you know, it, it might as well be the same thing. And I, and it takes a lot of opening up and a lot of understanding possibilities to be able to get there. And you know what you know until you know something different. Yeah. And when you know what you know, <laughs> your mind is designed to protect you and keep you safe. And it's going to keep, and familiarity is safety. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I wouldn't have believed this whole, we're not here to work nine to five. It like, even th that's just very recently that I've, I've come to think that, I mean, I started working when I was like 13 years old and I didn't stop until, you know, and there were several years in there between 13 and now when I was working like two jobs, I'd work, I'd go, you know, nine to five at one job. And then I'd go five to 1am at another job, same day. And then I'd go home and sleep and then do it all again the next day. You know, I was like, got to hustle. You got to work. Like you got to make as much money as you, as you can. And, and now I'm like, I would never, I would never do that again, <laughs> ever again. Will I do that? You know, um, it's not, that's not what life is about. So. No, I, there's so many times where, and I, you know, I had a similar background. I started, I started my first job when I was 15, 16, and I always had something. And sometimes two or three somethings. Mm -hmm. and it was really only in the last few years where my body was just like, no more. And I think of so many things that I missed out on, and I don't dwell on it because that experience happened that way, and there's a reason for it, whether I understand it or not. So it is what mm -hmm. it is. But I can think of so many different opportunities for different experiences that I could have had, except I couldn't get a shift off. I couldn't get a night off. I couldn't get a weekend off. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or yeah, I feel that for sure. Or there was an opportunity to work an overtime shift. And honestly, I, I felt like I needed to put the money away. You know, maybe Christmas was coming yeah. or, yeah. I knew I needed a, I had a big repair that I needed to get done I, or I needed. So I had to put those things as priorities and step away from things that might've enriched my life in other better ways. There were things that I turned down that absolutely would not have as well, but <laughs> But it's yeah. interesting to think of. And it wasn't that, oh my God, I did things the wrong way. I did what I knew. Exactly. Yeah. And it's very much like, that's why money is like a big, money is like a big struggle for me. Like I live in scarcity around money all the time because of how I, you know, was, was raised. And I can remember, you know, if I took a weekend off or whatever, a couple of days off to go somewhere in the summer, my mom would be like, what? You can't take time off. You got to work. You got to make money, you know? And like, just even growing up with my parents, the way that they, um, th their mindset around money, like I was very much taught that you work and you save as much money as you can. You only buy what you need, like only necessities. You don't, 
you don't, you know, you don't have, have too much fun. Like you got to save all your money. And so even like to this day, it's something that I'm, I'm constantly trying to work through where I'm so much like, Oh, should I have bought that? Like, I don't know. And it's, I live in scarcity around money. So, so much. So, and which it doesn't help. Right. Because that just right. more of the same thing. So. Yeah. And it kind of, it gets into your head. You feel like there's a story and this was my existence. If I went and I splurged on, you know, something a little bit nicer, am I going to get punished for it later? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause then you look that back money's and you're not like, there. Oh. yeah, you're like, Oh, maybe if I wouldn't have bought those shoes three years ago, I would have that money now. And you just like start going back and doing ridiculous things. Like, Oh, maybe if I didn't eat takeout that weekend or like I didn't order pizza, like it's just ridiculous. The things that that's just what happens to me anyways. I'm yeah, like, oh, like, yo, I, I should have just had the freaking ramen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I shouldn't have just, you know, I shouldn't have whatever gone out to dinner or whatever. You just, my mind goes to ridiculous places around, around money, like, like in that sense. So. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really, it's not abnormal by any stretch. Most people have that sort of mindset around money. It's what we're, again, it's what we're taught. We're taught that it's finite, that there's X amount and that's how it is when it's not necessarily that way every so if you every so often money can or other things can pop up from other places that you don't see coming and it's about learning how to be open to those possibilities and that's really hard to do and it's hard even for people a lot of times with money something that i realized this is fairly recent. Greed and lack are a very similar mindset. You're holding on to dear life to what you have and you're fighting for more. It just looks different if you're coming from a place where you have more of it. It's the same mindset. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's okay if that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does sound weird, I guess. But um, yeah, it's just like, especially if you're working at like a, a you're working all the time, right? You're not going to get inspired to really find, like, I, I read this book called um, The Illusion of Money by Kyle Sees, which completely yeah, is, I know. is, have you, have you read that? Yeah. Have you read that book? Oh, I think I completely changed uh, my Fun mind fact, there's a documentary that he did around it. And oh, really? I'm actually in it for about four seconds. No way. I am. Damn, I got it. Is it on uh is it on YouTube or where is it? I think it I might still out. be on his website. And I, I'm not sure if you have to pay in. You might have to be in AEP oh. to access it. I'm not sure how that goes now, but if you go on his website, you'd be able to figure it out. Interesting. Yeah. I love everything he talks about everything. I watch a lot of his YouTube videos and I'm just like, Oh my God, this guy's guy's a genius. Just everything he says. I'm like, that makes so much sense. Like, yeah, he's somebody that was a really big influence. uh, In my, you know, the first few years of my shift 
Mm. He's somebody that I was able to first connect with because when I was first exploring things, I was very lost. My well-being was still trash. And I struggled with understanding, like somebody like Tony Robbins, like I could see where his stuff was sound, but I could not connect. And there were other people that was like, so I couldn't connect. Kyle sees, I could connect. He's, it was the, his particular voice. He's not telling you anything that other people, you can't get from other people. Just the way that he says it. It's exactly. It's how he delivers it. It's that, you know, he speaks, you know, in sarcasm and analogy and uses humor and really good visuals to explain things very well. Yeah. So I was able to connect. Yeah, totally agree. And I was able to, and I ended up going to a number of different events with him. And he actually challenged me to write my book when I did it. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He's, uh, I really like, I like him a lot. He's, uh, yeah, just the way that he delivers his messages is really, it, it's really easy to like understand it, you know? Yeah, he's a very good, if you're starting a healing journey, mm-hmm. he's a great gateway because mm-hmm. he's somebody that anybody can understand. Yeah. I agree. Um, but ready to wrap this up um before sure. i do that kyler i'd love for you to share a little bit of the, the podcast you've got going on because you yeah, started sure. to dip your toes into the pool <laughs> i have yeah i toyed with the idea back in uh, july about uh starting a podcast uh it's called breaking the limit um right now it is on Podbean and spotify and google podcasts I've been struggling to get it on Apple for whatever reason, Apple's giving me all kinds of issues. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's called breaking the limit and it is, it's basically supposed to be about, uh, I'm going to have, a, it's going to be a mix of everything. So I'm going to have some LGBTQ uh, plus guests. Uh, I'm going to have some personal development people and also mix in a little bit of spirituality and stuff, stuff in there. So um yeah, so I have two episodes posted, and uh, there'll be a lot more coming. Beautiful, <laughs> and I yeah. love that you're talking about how you're, you know, you're spreading things out and talking about different things. Yeah, and it's beautiful because as you're finding your audience, you know, they're not going to be interested in. I mean, they're going to be interested in a particular topic, but they will also be interested in other things and they're going to want to hear it from your perspective. You know, for instance, (laughs) they'll connect with you from an LBGTQ perspective and they're going to want to hear how you tackle spirituality and they're going to want to hear how you handle life transformation. And that's going to be really powerful. And that's the thing is, People underestimate how important their voice is 
there's always there's a certain frequency that you're going to be able to hit yeah for somebody else that nobody else can yeah yeah i definitely there's definitely been times where i put something out and i'm like oh it's probably not really going to be that interesting to people and then i get all sorts of feedback and people are like oh my god i loved it and it's just it's uh it's really interesting i'm still i still have stories in my head around you know people aren't yeah it's natural to have them yeah, I know. It's just when you're in it, like when I'm in that, I'm like, I'm the only one that thinks this way. Everyone else that has a podcast doesn't think like this, you know, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I'm really excited to just have fun with it and just see where it goes, you know? Um, and I really wanted to leave it kind of open-ended, like called breaking the limit for the reason that I just want it to be about breaking limits that we put on ourselves and other people put on us or society puts on us just, um, that's why I wanted to just be kind of open and, and uh, not have it too limited to what uh, I can talk about. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I will make sure that th- that link is in the notes so people can right. go and check it out. Perfect. Tyler, thank you very much. This was great chatting with you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had a, I had a great time. Thank you. Good. All right. You take care. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right. Rich. See you later. Right. Bye-bye. I'd like to again thank Kyler Borthwick for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation as much as we enjoy having it. If something came through for you that you want to share with us, please reach out. Love to hear what you think. Again, I invite you to check out Kyler's podcast. It is called Breaking the Limit. It is on Podbean. It is on Google. It is on Spotify. And the link is Breaking the Limit dot podbean dot com and you can also find kyler on the gram at the real kyler b again all of this is in the notes so check those out when you get a chance if you're enjoying what you're hearing on misfits or if you enjoy the content that's coming from this direction overall i'm going to invite you to check out a piece that i wrote that i'm going to to the show notes that is called How Can I Be of Support? And it shows you all the different ways that you can serve and be served with what's being offered through Misfits and what's being offered through Beacon Road. There's ways to work with me one-to-one, smaller ways you can purchase merchandise, buy my book, or even simply donate if that's what you're called to do. There's also other ways if finances aren't there that you can help spread the word that can be hard in an algorithm based world without getting too much into complaining about it because it is what it is but yet there's always a way to share content tell a friend often the more you like or comment on things it starts to get attention and it starts getting spread i can't emphasize how important that piece is not just for helping misfits or anything i create but for anybody that you're moved by their content or you appreciate their voice spreading the word is the most important thing you can do really is that's so often how one person will find the voice that changes their life is because somebody might have shared something on one of the media platforms or sent an email or had a conversation saying hey check this out this is some good stuff here 
it's again it's about the different facets of community coming together and we all have a role in that and it's really to embrace that and to connect with that with any and all of the spaces that move you and inspire you and motivate you. So I invite you to consider that and to take a look at that piece that I wrote and possibly apply the ideas that feel good, not only to misfits, but to the other places you get your inspiration and motivation and good feels. So with that, I'm going to thank you again for your time. I want to thank Kyler for stopping by. I will see you next time. Take care, be safe, and be well. All content is the property of the respective creators. If there is a miscredit, please reach out to the host to have that rectified. All opinions are solely those of the participants and do not reflect those of any of the hosting platforms. No content is to be taken as formal advice and to not replace protocols put in place by your medical or other professionals. Any decision otherwise is taken at your risk and the host, participants, or Beacon Road Ministry are not responsible or liable for your actions. Misfits, Wanderers, and the Rest of Us is produced through Beacon Road Ministry. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.